I don't even know what the intro is for this thing, to be honest. But uh, it's definitely not the normal super flex, super show, jump out of your seat, run through a wall. That's that's not what this is meant to be. We'll we'll do plenty of that throughout the season. But what I can tell you is, we're here on the super flex, super show, getting going with some super flex standard operating procedures all season long and i finally uh, wised up and uh recruited a little bit of help for these (laughs) to help you with your in-season roster management Uh, just because i was not able to keep up with it on my own so uh i got i mean one of the one of the guys that i think is the absolute best um just on a couple weeks ago and he's back today and he's back for uh, sounds like probably the entire season to help me out with the SOPs. Swag is here. Swagzilla zero G stuff. What's we up? all get. You are far too kind. I'm just excited to be here, man. You you mentioned this to me, and I've been wanting a little bit in more my life. And this is like strategy based, player based. It's it's right up my alley. It's what I love to do, man. So it's it's how I think. It's how. I'm always kind of trying to think of how I'm what I'm going to do next to my teams and and then tell people about it. And hopefully it works out and we've all implicated it before others. Yeah, that's the thing. I think that this is the type of thing that you and I both have been able to to use as a big piece in our our success in fantasy football. You know, Mm -hmm. so much of it you know there in and, and it's so exploitable man because there's so many fantasy players out there dynasty players out there who really kind of want to be able to set it and forget it with their lineups um you know they want to they want to just kind of build the best lineup that they possibly can and then just ignore it for the rest of the season and it's so damn hard to go <laughs> especially now that we're up to you know 17 games in 18 weeks it's so hard to you know to to go wire to wire like that with the team yeah. that you drafted uh, but so many people want to do it and i i would venture to say that the vast majority vast majority of fantasy championships are won by the people who are most active uh, in roster management, particularly on waivers, but you know, making trades as well can be a big part of it. And so yeah. the goal here is going to be for those. It's, it's for those people, you know. We'll, we'll obviously focus on super flex leagues, um, but I mean, this is this is going to be all inclusive, all encompassing. Um, we're going to be talking redraft. We'll talk dynasty. We'll go shallow leagues. We'll go deep leagues. Uh, but we're going to be talking about, you know, ads every week, waiver priorities, and, you know, not only how we would prioritize them, but he, we'll even talk about the amount of fab that we're going to put on these players. Uh, it, you know, typically as a percentage is uh, is the way I, I generally like to do it because it it the dollar amounts change mm-hmm. as the season goes on and, you know, there's less fab in play. So, uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll, give you some players that you can drop to make room. We're going to give you uh, players to buy and hold uh, players to sell players to fade, uh, fade the hype, fade the noise. 
And uh, and then my personal fa- favorite segment, and that's actually what we're going to focus on today, is next week, this week, which is players who are on the waivers right now that you could, or in free agency right now, uh, you know, after a waiver run, and you can pick them up for free when next week they're going to be high waiver priorities and cost you some fab, but you just gained a ton of value by stashing them a week early. So that's going to be the goal. We're going to be doing this all season long. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's we're, we're, you know, we're still a week away from the NFL season kicking off, but we wanted to start off with next week, this week, identify some players who could be on your waivers. Some of them absolutely will be on your waivers kind of regardless of the size of the league. But if these if these players are uh, are you know are, are, are available and uh, you can pick them up now ahead of time, you're going to save yourself a ton of fab. So, um, I I, I kind of wanted to start with something though, a little you know, since it, we're 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 obviously doing a very watered down version. Uh, it's way too early for us to start talk, talking about waiver priorities, I think. Um, definitely too early to do um, a whole lot with buys and sells. It's really hard to say. I mean, uh, for the most part, a lot of rosters are pretty set right at the moment. Um, you've got some players that we can drop, and then we've got next week, this week. But this is something that I actually brought up with you, Swags, last year. Um, I don't remember when it was at what point in the season, but um, kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it as far as a strategy early in the season, which is the the last spot on your bench right now. Is it more important to keep that spot open? You know, so so the strategy that we talked about, and this was you know definitely later in the season. You know, it's kind of worth it to keep that spot open on your bench so that if you, you know, if you need to go to waivers to get somebody in the Monday night game, you know, somebody comes down with COVID or whatever, and all of a sudden you've got to go scramble just to find somebody who could score you, you know, positive points. You know, you've got that spot open so that you don't have to, you know, you, you, you're you not locked out of your of your uh your bench because everybody's already played and they're already locked but i'm curious what you think like at this point in the season is that still a priority or is it more uh do you just want to load up on lotto tickets and see what happens so the first question i want to ask you is if if we're going to save that spot for a Monday night game, why aren't we just going to get the best available Monday night game in case our player is injured right now? Yeah, I mean and then yeah. And then I would say I want to fill it with a spot like I I kind of like cuz to me that's kind of what this strategy is a little bit about is trying to get these people and like you said save you that cash, save your fab, save you your waiver priority and have these players before next week when everybody's 
telling you the guys to go pick up on waivers and then you're going to check your leagues and you're like, oh my gosh, I already have two of those players on my team because I listened to the Superflex Super Show last, you know what I mean? Like, so to right. me, like, now if it is that Monday night game and I already know my guy might be in question, and especially, I mean, like you mentioned, COVID times are so weird. I'm, I'm probably... I probably I do like the idea of having a plan that revolves around Monday night for that game if I don't have something I feel good about. But true to like John Hogan, how you do and what you preach, I also believe that maybe you just don't play the risk. And like you said, you don't always have to start your studs, John. Yeah, like that. That's John Hogue right there, you know, so. Maybe there's somebody better. Maybe you've already got a play and you don't need to worry about Monday night and you just bench that guy that you're worried about anyway and you fill that empty spot with the best available, like, next week guy, mm -hmm. like, short of injuries. And then that way, I mean, you're saving fab and waiver priority for when it really counts and that guy all of a sudden hits and you're like, wow, so... 100% throwing all my fab at this guy. Cause that could still happen like by week seven to 10. You never know. Yeah. So I mean, I'm probably what I fill in the spot to answer the question that was long winded, yeah. but I'm probably filling the spot. No, I'm, I, I'm with you. And I think that it's important. It's all important context and important strategy. And, and I, I, I agree early in the season here, like the, it, it, it's still a little bit of a different world. Uh, you know, with with COVID still being something that can kind of sneak up on us. But I mean, it, the rest of your bench is going to be healthy enough that, you know, you're typically going to you're typically going to make it through, even if you do have kind of a, a last minute surprise. But um, what I what I like about keeping that spot open later in the season in particular is the flexibility that it gives you just because you know, like if it's your tight end, this is, this is kind of what I ran into. This is where I really kind of started to implement this, this strategy. But if it's, you know, if you're, you've got the tight end playing in the, uh, you know, in the Sunday night game <clears throat> and all your flex guys already played, and then you find out that, you know, he, it, it, you know, he was a game time decision and he doesn't end up playing. And now, you're basically you've got the Sunday night game and you've got the Monday night game essentially, or even worse. I mean, you've got a, you've got a tight end in the, uh, the Monday night game and he comes down with COVID on Monday morning. Mm -hmm. And so he's out, out for yeah. that night, you know, just to, to have the ability to go get a, an actual tight end, like even get his backup for yeah. instance. So, um, no, I think it makes sense. I don't, I don't hate yeah. it at all. Yeah. It, it, it definitely I mean, is. I think we've all been in that position the last couple of years where, yeah. And I all of a sudden didn't have anybody to start at said position. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When it's, when it's a, at a certain position, but this is, you know, that's, that's also why we like to keep the players playing the latest in flex spots as mm. much as possible, you know? Yeah, yeah, dude, exactly. And part of this too, and and why I like talking to John so much, and 
is because of these things and these conversations and how you can work it out. And mm-hmm. who knows how long life is like this, but it might be time to kind of rethink that and have that empty roster spot all the time, just in case, like maybe you might even have your IR already full and you can't move anybody there. And now you can't fill that spot. Like you said, whereas like three years ago, I might not have cared as much, but now today with like new strategies and evolving to the way the game is for whatever reasons, it, I, I, I could see why that available spot is more, valuable than ever i mean i really could yeah yep because like i said i mean we've all had times the last couple years where you're all of a sudden screwed yeah exactly yeah so it's something to it's something to consider something to kind of keep in mind um i for one thing i think that it works better in deeper leagues um and Mm -hmm. you know it kind of works it they're they're like the returns on that strategy uh get um get bigger as the season goes on kind of regardless of the size of the league but yeah i i i don't think that it's something that you need to do this early like a big part of it is these players need to get on the field start getting hit and then you know that that's when the injuries really kind of start to pile up and then we start to actually have to to deal with this a little bit but right now everyone's really pretty healthy so we don't have yep. to worry too much about it just yet yeah but, but something to do while you're listening to the show is like maybe go through some of your rosters and see if you do have anybody you could just push immediately to the irs and make room for some of the guys mentioned on here because that's an easy move you don't even have to think about dropping anybody yeah yep very true Let's talk about some standard operating procedures. Let's get some of those out here. Um, and I, I, I do want to stop. start with you had a few players to go ahead and drop. Some players that you feel like, you know, and, and especially in, you know, dynasty leagues, uh, you know, rosters of 20 or more, these players are probably going to be pretty highly uh, rostered. And uh, you don't think they should be. (laughs) Yeah, Um, so I use Yahoo, I will say. And every player you're about to mention, and and I know that's crazy to people because we're in a dynasty world like when we talk on here, but I I did use Yahoo for this ownership exercise. And every player you're about to mention is rostered more than our ads. Yeah. So not highly rostered, but more than the guys we feel better about. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So like in in so I guess the question is if you were gonna use a strategy of just clearing that that bench spot, just keep it open just in case. I guess here's the question before we uh mention these names. Would you rather have an open roster spot or would you rather have one of these players. I think with, there's only three here. So the listeners know, I think with two of them, I'll definitely take the empty roster spots. And then the third one that I'm talking about is Alexander Madison. And I might keep him just in case something were to happen to Dalvin, just in case. Um, 
But but even at that, like spoiler alert, I'm fine dropping Madison. Yeah. Nice. I think he's just a guy that plays behind Dalvin Cook. Yeah. So the players you've got here, you've got Alexander Madison, and that was kind of the first one that you mentioned. Um and probably the one that I agree with the most. I mean, we really we really kind of saw uh uh, Neg- uh Neguan- how do you say his name <laughs> i know you, um uh yeah and even better um the other the other one who is his name is much easier to say also the better player ty chandler i mean we saw those guys performing so well in the preseason that i'm not convinced that alexander madison if dalvin cook were to go down I don't know that Dalvin, that Alexander Madison gets much of a role. Certainly, right. you know, not just to himself. You know, if, if I, Dalvin goes down, it's wheels up Justin Jefferson. They'll just air it out a little bit more. And feeling, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think that you're going to see. I think you would see Ty Chandler mixed in there quite a bit. I think you would probably see. Uh, yeah can it can a it's yeah it's like and then it's (laughs) like and it's like njwuana or something like that like i've always had a trouble pronouncing you didn't get my i'm not i'm not stretched out for that (laughs) yeah (laughs) i know i practice saying that name and then once we hit record it's just gone and that's there's a there are a lot of players like that. I'll tell you, man. There are players that because there's a lot of players like from college to Debbie and everything. I, there's players that like I'll watch some film on just to see how people pronounce it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yup. So I didn't I had to do, do that, that with today. Romeo Dubs too. <laughs> I still want to call him Dobbs. Yeah, but I've too. noticed everybody says. I want to call him. I want to call him Dubs. <laughs> Doobie so Doobie Doo. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kenny Gainwell is the next one on this list. And that's, that's, that one's a tough one for me. So I want to hear your, uh, your take on this. I can make an argument, I think, either way. So I'm kind of curious what your, uh, what your thoughts are. I just don't think there's anybody really in that backfield that we need to overreact about. Like in, yeah. They'll have some viable weeks. It's a mess. I think that Miles Sanders, if and when healthy, is still going to be the guy that gets the most work. I think Gainwell is just like that guy that everybody wants to overtake Miles Sanders because they've been disappointed with him. But really, I think he's the better guy. I think he's better in open space. I think Gainwell is just kind of... He was meh. You know what I mean? He's like... He helped yeah. people out when they needed some help. He was a decent guy for the zero running back guys. But yeah, I'll take uh I'll take most everybody on this list over him. Yeah. That that running back group has been it was already kind of a tricky one for me because it does feel like Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell, like those are all very similar players. Like, how do you decide? Trey Sermon. 
And now they've got Trey Sermon, who, I mean, to me, he's got a, a different skill set. He's a better between mm-hmm. the tackles runner. He's a better short yardage guy. He's a better goal line type of guy. And so, you know, it's already confusing trying to figure out which of those change of pace backs is going to be the lead back. And now you've got a guy who, who has kind of a defined role. And, you know, you still have the three of them fighting over the other piece of the running game. So it just it just makes it that much tougher. I think we actually uh, we didn't put Trey Sermon on next week, this week. But um, and I don't think I'm ready to quite mention. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we talk about Trey Sermon every damn week. That's why. Probably, <laughs> probably. <laughs> I still love Trey Sermon, so yeah, I'm I'm down if you are. Yeah. Um, uh, the kind of the tough part being he just joined the team. Uh, it might be a little uh, a little while to get him up to speed. Miles Sanders dealing with an injury, so we're kind of down to Gainwell and Boston Scott right at the moment. You know, so that's that's where. Like it, it, it feels like somebody has to get well. And here's the other thing: the another piece of the puzzle to throw in there is the fact that your freaking quarterback is going to take away some of the running back workload yep. himself. You know, so. But yeah, and I mean, Shanahan takes any garbage leftover running backs available in the NFL, but then he's just like hell no to Trey Sermon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So it is interesting to one, but I, but I agree, man. In Philly, he has a different skill set. So, yep. He will probably be talked about more on this show soon. I think so. Yeah. Um, Isaiah McKenzie is the other guy that you're dropping. And this, this is the toughest one for me. Um, I can, like I said, I, I feel like I can make the argument for Kenny Gainwell uh, just because, you know, it's, it's, kind of hard to say which of those two guys would get the majority of the work in uh week one but i mean it could easily be boston scott again and then if you do get miles sanders healthy for any you know mm-hmm. by by uh you know whatever miracle then there's your answer of who's the the top back for philadelphia for the moment yeah, Isaiah McKenzie though feels like, like, uh, I mean, it, okay. So if 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 it's a shorter roster, and you know you've there are guys on waivers that make more sense for your roster, then I'm fine for it, fine with that one. But um, I don't know about just dropping him just to drop him. I guess that's that's the thing for me. Mm-hmm. So wide receiver for the Bills, by the way, probably wide receiver number three most likely. Yeah, probably gets they, the slot. Yeah, yeah, which, you know, he could be in for a battle with Jamison Crowder, but most likely it's you're like McKenzie just brings a little bo- a, a little bit more. Uh, he's a more dynamic playmaker, just brings you a little bit more open field juice, I think, you know. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious just to see how that offense runs. So I don't think I would drop him, but, uh, 
Would I you think you could trade him for Jarvis Landry in a redraft format. No, no, I wouldn't. Okay, I, wouldn't. I was trying Would to you? get a, a. I might, man. Like Landry yeah. might be decent in that offense if Michael Thomas isn't healthy right away, and Chris Olave is getting so much love. You know what I mean? I like Chris yeah. Olave, but Jarvis Landry is a pretty. I forgot you hate Jarvis Landry. <laughs> yeah, I do. Like, I'm talking mid-sentence. I'm like, oh, my gosh, John <laughs> hates Jarvis Landry. So that, that was, like, the, a horrible example. But That's I not... think Landry could get a little bit of work from Jameson Winston. So, yeah. Um, yeah I, would I you think drop him for Devontae Parker or trade him? No. Jacoby Myers? Jacoby Myers, I probably would. Kobe Myers but, has low key been pretty decent in that offense. Yeah, I think he got like 126 targets last year. He just yeah. just needs some touchdowns. Yeah, which, I mean, we talk about touch touchdown regression all the time. Like that's one of the favorite terms, you know, among this, uh, it, uh, along with, you know, blank and nobody cares. It's like nobody cares. Like those are the things that Twitter loves to say the most. Touchdown regression is a is a pretty powerful force. And I mean we're typically talking about it in terms of, you know, Austin Eckler is in for some touchdown regression. You know, he's not yeah. gonna he's not gonna score as many touchdowns in twenty twenty two as he did in twenty twenty one. Well at some point you've got to talk about <laughs> somebody who's getting over a hundred targets and only gets in the end zone once. Yeah. Yep. You know, and, with a, and I mean, every season he's done better. Yeah. Started 16 games last year. Yep. Yeah. Um, would you, what about McKenzie or your Rogers stack to dubs? Yeah, I'd go, I'd definitely go with dubs there. But I think that people probably made that pick in their draft already. Well, Dubs like, is thirty two percent owned on Yahoo and McKenzie is forty nine. Whoa. Garrett huh. Wilson is twenty eight percent. Okay, if if we're if twenty eight percent, almost cut in half from that of Isaiah McKenzie. What's going on? There's gotta be some some reason like some kind of glitch in that like maybe there's mm -hmm. like are we talking is it a lot of uh like he's gonna be a mckenzie's gonna be a return guy right like, yeah yep uh he'll definitely punts little banged kicks. up I, yeah. I don't think that that's that important this time of year but he is a little banged up yeah still i'm just trying to figure out like what type of league would drive his value up his roster ship up that high you know yeah uh um, yeah that's league. crazy like yeah if if <laughs> if we're if we're talking about him being rostered more than you know at a higher rate than romeo dubs or garrett wilson then, then yeah Dotson as well yeah yeah there there are plenty of guys out there with a lot more upside mm -hmm. uh if that's if you know, if if that's indicative of how your league's waivers look, your yeah. league's player, your league's player pool looks, yeah, that's. So by all means, if Isaiah McKenzie say was like twenty to thirty percent rostered, 
he might have been on the different another list saying like give him a shot yeah. but when i saw him over these guys I, I just couldn't agree with that yeah i agree yeah no i'm i'm with you there because that means that he's being rostered in shallower leagues mm-hmm. like he's literally being chosen over romeo dubs it, yeah people leagues. have instilled more trust in him for the 2022 season maybe not in a forever dynasty format but people have put more trust in him for the 2022 season yeah so some some next week this week guys we just mentioned actually we had a pretty good list of them but we already we already threw out the names Devonte parker jacoby myers romeo dubs garrett wilson Jahan dotson those are all guys uh on uh the next week this week list for us to me, the top guy has to be Jalen Warren. I don't know what you think, but uh, I'm this the news about the foot injury for Najee Harris, like, and it it would not take much to re to to aggravate that to a point where you lose Najee Harris for the entire season, and Jalen Warren has really kind of seized the number two role, and on top of all that. Mike Tomlin does not take his running back off the field, mm-hmm. you know? So whoever's in that, in that role, it's Najee Harris until further notice. But if he were to go down, it's Jalen Warren all alone. Like McFarland is not going to really register. I think they've pretty much given up on Benny Snell. It seems like. Yeah. They said it's... Snell. No, I, I was so into Benny <laughs> Snell. Yeah. Before I was Harris and everything. Like I really wanted that to happen. Yeah. Yeah, 2 years ago he was awesome, but mm-hmm. uh from he he was a league winner for me in a couple leagues, but yeah, they just they're 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 pretty sold on Jalen Warren. Uh he could which be available is, on some deeper dynasty or not yeah. deeper, but you know what I mean. Yeah, especially shallower. Yeah, and, or you know, even a deeper league that hasn't had a waiver run since, you know, February. <laughs> January, February. Yeah, good point. It he could I, I'm in a couple like that there. now that you mention it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if uh, in those deeper dynasty leagues that haven't started waiver runs yet, he's he's still available in a lot of my leagues. So um and like I said, I mean he's an already injured foot away from becoming the uh the starter on uh in an offense that does not take the lead back off the field. So like to me, I'm that's just you're kinda... wrong about this one, just because I want to see Najee Harris have a healthy season, but I yeah. also love it at the same time. But I hope, I also hope you're so wrong about this one. Yeah. I'm, I'm still pretty high on Najee Harris until I hear that it, he's actually going to miss time for this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's all, it's also just kind of like, you got to hedge a little bit just in case this, mm-hmm you know, turns into a bigger theme. So um, the other one that I thought is a pretty big, a pretty high priority, like the type of guy that you make sure he's on a roster. And if he's not, you even put in a waiver claim. Like this isn't even just a free thing. Like Jalen Warren, I think you put some fab on him if you have to. The other one is Khalil Herbert. And it's the same thing. I think that you want to put some fab on this. And it's less about the starter. It's more about the fact that 
this is a bad offensive line. <laughs> Jay, uh, Justin Fields is going to be running for his life a lot. And the safety valve is going to be Khalil Herbert, who's going to be there for him quite a bit, especially when, you know, on on passing downs, you still have to keep Cole Komet home to help block because the offensive line is that worthless. <laughs> All of a sudden, you know, you're kind of your, like I said, your short yardage guy, your, your dump off, your safety valve becomes the running back out of the backfield. And that, I think that's going to be Khalil Herbert. Yeah. And I mean, man, even if you're looking at your team and you're just like, well, but I don't need another running back or I don't want Herbert. Last year, there were times where you could have traded that piece that you don't need or want in Dynasty for a first just because people started to believe like that. First might sound a little bit rich, but I mean, you can make moves with these guys once they hit and people see that they're not available. They're already on your roster. Yeah, exactly. So uh, some of the uh, – let's go back to those names that you mentioned, though. Devontae Parker, Jacoby Myers, Romeo Dubs, Garrett Wilson, Jahan Dotson. Any of those guys – does it feel like any of those guys need kind of some uh, some context or some follow-up analysis? So, I mean, probably a little bit, you know, to be fair. But, like, Parker and Jacoby Myers, I kind of rope them together a little bit. Myers we already talked about a little bit. But I think there is a, a narrative where you could put Parker as the wide receiver one on the team as well. He's kind of the vet there still. And Mac Jones is only in his second year. He does have some chemistry with Myers, but he's, he could still build it with others too. I think that Parker is just kind of forgotten. And I think that he could show up. You know, another thing about these players, when I'm looking at them, if it doesn't happen, you have to remember that we're we're doing this on the cheap. They're totally free. So don't feel like you have to hoard them and, like, put everything in the corner and keep them. You can play along every week. And some of these players are going to hit absolutely in big ways. And then you have to also remember they're free. But, man... Parker right now on the free, if he stays healthy, I think could really be viable. Landry, I think, could be pretty good out of the slot for Jameson Wilson if there's no Michael Thomas. And then Dubs, man. I mean, he's just like, I'm a little bit more worried about what ends up happening in with the Packers because they're kind of also saying there is no guy. But I think that Aaron Rodgers wants a guy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the way he's talked about Dubs has just given these little hints of how much he really likes him. He's mentioned that, like, any other player he's ever talked about in this light was, like, Greg Jennings or Jordy Nelson or Randall Cobb, like, when they were coming into the league. So, Devontae Adams. Yeah, yeah. Even Adams, you know. Yep. And they don't have anybody there. I, I think that he could he could be the guy. Garrett Wilson of this group might be the one he might be the most talented wide receiver of this group, but also the one that I'm a little bit probably the most worried about just because of quarterback play. And he's a rookie wide receiver with some competition there, to be honest with you. I think that Garrett Wilson is an amazing dynasty play like to get maybe within the next few weeks, a little cheaper, but he is somebody that as a rookie wide receiver, we do have to have, 
sort of tempered expectations, but and then John Dotson, I feel like with McLaurin there could open it up a little bit. I think Wentz kind of gets crapped on a little bit and Dotson's got great hands. Like I'll take Jahan Dotson on the season over Sky Moore, to be completely honest with you. And definitely mm. in dynasty. I, I just think that he's going to have a role quicker in that offense. And I think he's the better wide receiver. Hmm. Okay. I like it. And then um, the one you didn't mention, Jameson Williams. Yeah. But him, you pick up, like, if you have open waivers, like, you pick him up first, and then you add one of the other guys. You put Jameson Williams. Only if you have IR. Only if you have IR. Yeah. If So you're you're not only a Lions fan, but actually a Michigan resident, um, probably a little bit closer and, uh, you know, a, lot, a little bit more um, tuned in to uh, – you know, the, the local media is going to just is going to give you a little bit better information than the national media. At what point do we does Jamison Williams stop being a next week this week and become an ad now mustache type of guy before he before he makes it into uh, onto the field? Man, I, and viable too. like I'd say, like. Yeah. Week four or five, like we want to, I want to start to see it a little bit. They, they, you're getting a little bit mixed messages though. Like you're getting one side that like, we're not rushing him back. He's, he's a future guy. Like you're getting that. And then you're also hearing he's ahead of schedule could be ready as early as, you know, you're hearing some of that stuff. And then you're also hearing like, we're not rushing him back, which really is what we want to see. We want to see them be responsible for with him, but man, like watching how excited they get about the draft when they draft him and like watching a little bit of hard knocks. I'm super stoked about Jameson Williams. And I think that he could give you like more time wise from a timeline perspective, like that Odell Beckham jr. Rookie season, like come back, off the injury kind of get a little bit forgotten about and then show out. Yeah. It probably, my guess is that it's also going to depend a little bit on, on how they start and, you know, how it's coming together with, you know, DJ Chark, uh, in the mix and, and, mm -hmm. you know, um, Amon Ra, uh, how, how does he fit in with a fully healthy offense? Yeah with Hawkinson and Swift and, you know, how did, how does all that stuff come together essentially? And, and, you know, if it's not going well, I think they rush JMO a little bit, but I mean, they've got a fairly easy starting schedule, at least the defenses that they'll, that they'll run into, uh, you know, so, so it's Philadelphia, Washington, uh, was it Minnesota, Seattle, I believe. So it's like, there's there's mm -hmm. an opportunity for this offense to start hot and feel like they can give JMO a little bit of time um, to fully recover and and they'll hold it down for him. But um, yeah, I like I I think that that's something to monitor. I think that's something to consider and uh, kind of be ready. You know, read the tea leaves a little bit because you want to stash him at least two weeks early. That's yep. my feeling on it. Yeah. And if it can't be him, I I always recommend if you have a empty IR spot 
that you can fill without dropping somebody silly just to make that move. Use mm-hmm. that IR spot as a roster spot all season, even if it's the crummiest guy on IR. Just like put him there as long as you can. Yeah. Use it. Yep. Yeah, especially with the new IR rules that it's only four weeks where it used to be most of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a it's a lot easier to be fluid with that now. Take advantage of it. I have a league it. that I have Hopkins on the IR because they allow suspended players on oh, IR. Nice. Yeah. I I wouldn't make a league like that, but I'll not I'll do it. I'll put him there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly, man, that's where I would put guys like Dobbins and uh Etienne too, yep. if at all possible, cuz I mean, otherwise I don't know that I'm particularly interested in those guys this year. So Yeah. Uh Speaking of running backs, though, I had a few of them. I'm curious uh, which ones you think are worth a stash and which ones, um, which one would be the top priority. And if there's any of them that you're just not interested in, but I've got Rex Burkhead, Houston, uh, back up to Damian Pierce, apparently. But I mean, you're still asking a rookie to go out and do pass pro. You're, you know, to, to, learn all the assignments, um, to learn all the terminology. I wouldn't be surprised if it's still going to be a little bit of a mix, a little bit of a committee approach. Um, Damian Pierce is pretty interesting. Um, but I mean, he's getting drafted super early considering the fact that it's, it's, it's still, it's pretty unlikely that he owns the backfield to the extent that they, that, uh, He's being uh, like the way he's being drafted. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he can fulfill that. But uh, so Rex, Rex Burkhead, I think, is the guy who has is probably the most likely to kind of be, especially since they released Marlon Mack. It, it really kind of signals that Rex Burkhead is the the other piece of that of that running game for them. Uh, Eno Benjamin, I to me like James Connor is just like and I talk about this all the time. I hate running backs because of the volatility, but at least you can count on most of them making it through a week. I don't feel that way with James Conner. <laughs> I feel like it's carry to carry with that guy at this point. Yeah. Like we try not to use the term injury prone, but damn it, we're there with James yeah. Conner. And then Damian Williams uh just because I think that uh I mean, Cordero Patterson is is like the, for fantasy purposes, he's kind of the lead back. He's the more uh, the more important part of the offense for the Falcons, but they weren't using him a whole lot. <laughs> like he was, it was pretty rare when he was touching the ball ten times in a in a game. Yeah, uh, even in his well, breakout year in twenty twenty one. Yeah, especially out of the backfield. Like even yeah. like he was a designated running back but a lot of his plays were still coming from like yeah, actual catching plays, the ball you know, design plays for him. Yeah. I don't think he's the, a workhorse running back for them. So I don't know. I'm not like a huge into Tyler Algier. Mm-hmm. I, I think that I could, man, it's so weird when like, everything comes full course. And like, I remember making fun of, uh, 
<laughs> Damien Damien Williams enthusiasts before like Clyde Edwards Alaire on the Chiefs, and now I'm here like, yeah, Damien yep. Williams could be the guy on that team. <laughs> yup. <laughs> just like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> I know. I know. He just keeps coming back. Like he just keeps sneaking back into into the conversation no matter where he goes but yeah like i they're they're gonna they're gonna want to run the ball <laughs> a lot more uh than what they did last year i think i think they, they I, just in general i think they're gonna want to control the you know try and c- control the clock a little bit more grind it a little bit more so yeah to me damian williams is like if you asked me which of the three running backs leads the Falcons in 2022 in rushing touchdowns, to me it's probably Damian Williams. It's not meant to be a knock on Tyler Algier. Again, you're, mm-hmm. you're just you're talking about a rookie. It's you know it's not real likely that you're going to put him in. Um, I mean he like, he could be your goal line guy. That that yeah. would make sense. He's got the build for it. I think that that would make some sense. But I still think Damian Williams is kind of the overlooked guy right now. And I think that there's a good chance, at least to start the season, I think he's probably going to get uh, – he's going to be pretty involved in that, that running game. It's still so, so weird, though, because I agree with you. But I still feel like if you asked me to pick who I wanted of the three you just mentioned, I'd probably say Eno Benjamin. That would be your top. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like that's the guy that I would, if I'm like looking at waivers and I'm actually in this scenario, you know, and I'm looking at all three names and I'm like, huh, which one? I think I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll give Eno Benjamin a shot. I think that's the direction I would go. (laughs) But then I think you're right. Like we could be completely surprised by Damien Williams workload week one with yep. no injury at all. Yeah, I think so too. It, that's, that would be my top guy. I mean, like I said, Jalen Warren, Khalil Herbert, those are, those are like the highest priorities. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, if those guys are both rostered, uh, you know, uh, Eno Benjamin is is probably the next priority for me, and we've got some good wide receivers. Actually, I think Romeo Dubs would be if he's if he's available, even in redraft. I think he's he's right there with Jalen Warren for me as far as uh, top options. But uh, yeah, uh, Eno Benjamin is in that conversation of uh, top priorities. Um, a couple more guys that you have here, uh, Kenyon Drake, and uh, actually, I put Kyle Phillips, but we both we both I like kinda, the Kyle Phillips one a lot. Yeah, slot receiver for the Titans. Um, I mean, all the all the focus has been on Traylon Burks. Meanwhile, Kyle Phillips is just out. I mean, very crisp route runner, especially for his size. Mm-hmm. Like this is. It, it's it's a pretty lethal combination when you get a guy that size who's able to to run people out of their cleats, you know. Yep. So yeah, that's they, a, that's they a good say one. he's completely outplayed Traylon Burks. Yeah, yeah, and I have no doubt that Traylon Burks will be just fine. But for the moment, I mean, you also you you really kind of have to say. Traylon Burks and Robert Woods are really kind of competing for targets 
well where Kyle Phillips out of the slot is really playing a totally different position. You know, mm-hmm. he's going to get, he's going to get some play calls that are designed specifically for him. So, uh, where those guys are like, it's kind of like, who's the top read on this one? You know, they, yeah. there are going to be times where they just, they know that they're going to Kyle Phillips. Everybody else stay home and block essentially, or kind of yep. do a decoy route. So, and then Kenyon Drake was the guy that you mentioned, Baltimore. Uh, man, that, that backfield is just always a mess. Like It's been kind of gross. <laughs> I think he's somebody that could help you early on, though. I think that he, if J.K. Dobbins isn't ready to go week one, which I'm starting to think he's not, I think mm-hmm. that Kenyon Drake could get some of that early workload and then you you could flip him pretty quick, I think, or just be the guy that has him while those points are happening so he either doesn't play against you or you can start him. I don't think it's an all-season-long thing, but I think he's somebody that can help you right now. I could. This is also something that I could be completely wrong about. <laughs> Look at that yeah. conviction. They're like, oh, oh, I'm picking him up. Oh, we're not. <laughs> That's kind of but the who theme else? With all Mike these Davis. Guys, but... Yeah, I mean, yeah, he he actually probably could be on this list too. I bet he's pretty underowned. But yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those two. <laughs> like, yeah, nobody else is really healthy and and ready to take on that role. Uh, RG three said, if Kenyon Drake's on that team, he's definitely getting touches. Nice. Yeah. He said, yeah. And I mean, unless you get Tyler Batty involved, it really, he's, he, Kenyon Drake is all alone in the, the passing game, which is a lot of how they use their running backs. So catching the ball out of the backfield. So, yeah. Yeah. That it, it that one feels like a safer one, even though Mike Davis is probably going to get the majority of the early down work, the short yardage work, mm-hmm. you know, goal line work, stuff like that. It's still it just a a function of the offense is to use the you know the pass catching specialist running back far more than the the early downs thumper. So, uh, like I think that Kenyon Drake is a lot safer, even though people are going to see Mike Davis out there, you know, on first and 10 there and, and feel like that's the guy I should have. Yeah. I think that you're going to end up with more fantasy points at the end of the day from Drake. Yep. Uh, last few guys that we've got, we finally found a quarterback. Terod Taylor is available even in deeper dynasty leagues. I don't know how long the leash could possibly be on Daniel Jones, but, uh, there is a non-zero chance that Tyrod T- Tarod Taylor takes over that starting job in week one. <laughs> like that's that's where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. And and if there's an injury, I mean man, I'm almost surprised they didn't have a quarterback competition, to be completely honest with you. Yeah. But yeah, I like you said, I don't know how long the leash is. And I feel like Tyrod Taylor could come in and and maybe do better for the team. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to go so far as to say that this is going to happen. 
I just think that, you know, in a, in a hundred different, uh, you know, alternate realities, I think probably about 20 of them, Terod Taylor finishes the game in week one and goes into week two as a starter. So, uh, we also found a tight end, Johnu Smith is, uh, and I don't know what the ownership percentages are. I'm not sure either. I was really kind of looking at deeper dynasty leagues and looking at guys who are available on waivers. And I've seen Johnu Smith in several of those leagues. So that tells me that the ownership percentage is going to be pretty low. And the shallower the league, the less likely it is that he's owned. Hunter Henry really kind of established himself as a top tight end, you know, pass catching option last year. But Johnu Smith is still the better athlete. Mm-hmm. He's still the better pass catcher. He's still the better fit for that offense. You know, they really like those Joker type of players. Yeah. Well, Johnny Smith is a guy that you can line up as a running back and have him run between the tackles. And, you know, he's got breakaway speed. He's got the agility to to make some people miss. And then obviously yeah. has a size. Like, there's he's, a lot they could he's do. He's entering that nfl tight end breakout age area too of the young 27s that finally start to put it all together mm-hmm. yeah and i mean even hunter henry's often injured i hate to say it but johnny smith man your boy i think that is being completely underappreciated and to your point if he's available on some waiver wires and people aren't picking him up it gives you a good feeling of how soured people are on him. And if he isn't available, you can probably try to trade pretty cheap. Yep. I think so. So we got, we've got two more guys here, two wide receivers going super deep. Richard Higgins from Carolina reunited with Baker Mayfield. Yeah. There's some, some definite narrative involved with that one. And then Andy Isabella, who had a very nice preseason and, uh, you know, it's already a somewhat depleted wide receiver group in Arizona. Your top guy right now is Hollywood Brown while DeAndre mm-hmm. Hopkins is suspended. And, I mean, you know, it's a it's a, a good wide receiver who's still – who's fairly one-dimensional and – you know, joining a new team, learning a new system. Um, I mean, reuniting with the quarterback, but beyond that, there's a lot of unfamiliarity to overcome there. And you're there's Rondell Moore, of course, in his second year. Um, I think people are pretty uh, familiar with your feelings on him at this point. But <laughs> Probably mostly. <laughs> yeah. But to me, Isabella might... Is he, Isabella might be that that slot guy that you know that kind of the chain mover type of guy. You've got a mm-hmm. lot of deep threats. You've got a lot of open field speed, but Isabella is kind of you know not a typical big body alpha type of guy at all. Like kind of the opposite, but um, also a, a a little bit of a replica of. Uh, what you had last year with Christian Kirk, who had a career season. Yeah. And for some of these guys, like I ask myself with somebody like Rashad Higgins, or even some of the other wide receivers we've mentioned, what do they have to do for 
them to be a success to this show, not necessarily in the NFL or to complete fantasy, but I don't think it's crazy that Rashad Higgins could finish this season like wide receiver 36 to 44. And that's not the sexiest thing ever, but that's viable fantasy points. Somebody's yep. starting him on whether it's a bye week or injuries or maybe you just don't have a lot of wide receivers. I have teams like that, but what's he have to do to be an absolute success to this particular type of show? And I don't think either John or I are saying that he's going to be a wide receiver one or a wide receiver two, but there's some upside there and he's available. Yep. Exactly. And deep dynasty rosters, like waiver wires, like he's available. He's sitting there. I know I went and gotten him. Yeah. Yeah. And we just have those kind of out of nowhere breakout wide receivers every year. And, you know, it, it's just kind of, it to me, it's just worth chasing that a little bit, you know, yep. just trying to find that type of guy. So, and like John said, he's got that connection. Yep. The Baker Mayfield. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, back to narratives, though. I, it, as a Colorado uh, resident, um, I fully recognize that we are very good at marketing our college wide receivers who are not worth the hype. <laughs> like, that's been pretty much ac- across the board. Like Preston Williams, Michael Gallup, oh. LaVisca Chenault. Like who, who's who's actually done anything out of the state of Colorado? Yeah, it's so pretty unfun group. Yeah, and that's where we are with uh, Richard Higgins as well. So I don't know, but it's still it's it's still interesting. And in, in a super deep dynasty league, I don't know. You could do you could do worse than seeing what happens there. So yeah. Um, so that's, that is our, uh, our list this week for next week, this week. Holy hell. That's confusing to say. Um, we're, uh, we're still kind of in uh preseason form here, um, doing this as, uh, the preseason has wrapped up regular season has yet to start. So we're going to tighten this up as the season goes on, but. Uh, I don't know. I thought that was a pretty successful maiden voyage. We went through a lot of names, man. Yeah. Yeah. Flew through them. I mean, the, it's a little bit lengthier than I think you were looking for. Mm-hmm. But like you said, man, that's a lot of names. And just to get ready for the season and check out your your rosters, see what kind of moves you can make. Check and see who's available. You never know. Yep. Exactly. I like it. All right. Let's call that our standard operating procedures for week negative one of the 2022 nfl season we'll be back next week and uh do it again